a week. Um, yeah, there was a guy walking down the beach, and uh, he saw this other man, and, and there had been a storm, and it, and it washed up a lot of the starfish, and maybe you've heard this story. Um, and I wasn't there, so I don't know that it actually happened, but it's a good story. But this is, anyway, there's like millions, you know, of starfish on the beach, and he'd pick up one, and he'd throw it back in the ocean, and they were trying to get back, but they were not, most of them were going to perish, you know, and he'd pick up one, and he'd throw it out in the ocean, and he'd pick up one, throw it out, so this guy's walking along the beach, and he sees this guy, and he says, what are you doing? He says, you are never going to make a dent in that. Don't you realize there's no hope? And he says, you're just never going to make a dent. You're never going to make a difference in all of these. You're not going to save them all. You're not going to make a, a noticeable difference. And he picked up one and threw it back out into the ocean. He said, I made a difference for that one. That one is different. And, you know, our job is not to save the world all by, our, by ourselves, yeah. but to make a difference in the lives where we can. Yeah. And in thinking about that, you know, I said before we started Springfest, our outreach event yesterday, I started and I said, you know, even if one life is changed, one, it's worth all the time, it's worth all the money, it's worth all the effort, if one life is changed just one because I want you to think about that that means that one person is going to have an eternity with God instead of an eternity in hell right. yes. what a difference yeah. to that one yeah. what a difference to that one but that takes us esteeming it how many people you know just in the whole Springfest event from the time you heard about it until you know, it wrapped up yesterday afternoon. How many people were tested in some form or fashion dealing with that event? How many did it cost you something? Time, effort? Even, even if you, what if you just gave to it? You know, if you gave to this church, you played a part in it, and it, it cost you something. Even if it was just one penny, it cost you something. But you know what? For that one person, it's worth it. For that one person, it's worth it. As we started, I said, you know, even if it's just for that one, every ounce of money. Look, if it, it didn't cost us anywhere close to $10,000, but what if it cost us 100000 or a million to save one? You're talking about one life, and, and can you quantify eternity with God on that person? No. That one person's worth that. The most valuable thing in the universe was the Son of God. The most valuable thing in the universe was His life. And God said, you are worth it. You are worth it. And so, you know, when, we, when it comes to dollars or minutes, you know, that it cost us, it doesn't even compare doesn't even compare. All we do is we pick up the life that Jesus gave us that we didn't have to have. We pick up his life and then we apply it as living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service. I want you to turn real quick to uh, Philippians chapter 2. 
and verse 5. And I'm going to read this in the New Living, throw in a J.D. a curveball. Or excuse me, you know what, I threw him another curveball. I'm doing it in the New American Standard. Surprise. Um, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also... In Christ Jesus have this attitude so this is a command for you to put on something to move into something have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus who although he existed in the form of God he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped in other words, what that means is this, that even though he could say, I'm God and I'm with God, he said I didn't, he didn't consider it something to hold on to. But he emptied himself. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. Remember where this started in verse 5. Have this attitude in yourself. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. It's going to start hitting home in just a second. He emptied himself. I mean, you heard me the first time, but as I wait on it, you're going to start realizing the parts of your life that aren't empty because the Holy Spirit's going to start connecting the dots. He emptied himself. Have this attitude in yourselves that was in Christ Jesus. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. Well, you know, they just are asking for too much. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. Well, they didn't have a right to talk to me that way. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. Well, Pastor Brian, he changed the plan. He emptied himself. Have this attitude which is in Christ Jesus in yourselves. He emptied himself. We need you to help pot pack and move boxes. And serve people that just want the prizes. He emptied himself. He, he emptied himself. And he took on the form of a bondservant. Being made in the likeness of men. He, he took on the form of a bondservant. He became a servant. He came up under a whole group of people called humans. He became the lowest. And he became a bondservant. He served. He set himself as the foundation of stability in the love of God. And he served humanity. 
He emptied himself. He was God. He didn't need to do this. He was doing just fine. As for he and his house, they were squared away. As for Jesus and his house, they were squared away. But he emptied himself and he became a servant. He, being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself. Have this same attitude in you, in yourselves, that was in Christ Jesus. He emptied himself. He took on the form of a servant. He humbled himself. And he became obedient to the point of death, even by death on a cross. Now, we know the end of the story is, for this reason also, God highly exalted him. But he emptied himself. He became a servant. He humbled himself, and he became obedient. He emptied himself and became a servant, and he humbled himself, and he became obedient. Have this attitude in you that was also on Christ Jesus. How many people, you already have some, some places and pieces of your life. Just be honest with me and raise your hand. You got some pieces of your life already that the Holy Spirit's saying, that's not empty. Just keep your hand up. That, that you haven't emptied yourself there yet. You know, that's, we've been talking about the you know, bye-bye debt and hello abundance. And a lot of times with the bye-bye debt and hello abundance, the, the thing is you start preaching and teaching on money and, and this church really has accepted that because your heart has been primed anyway uh, for the great things of God. And so you really accept there wasn't really any blowback that I felt from you, but you preach that in the majority of places and all of a sudden you get people's like, don't you be talking about my money. And the reason is because they hadn't emptied themselves in the category of money. And he says in the word that money is a low thing. That's, that's small in the kingdom. But yet the first small thing, the first rung of the ladder, people haven't even emptied themselves over. Probably the next thing is their comfort and their time. But our job is to have this attitude that Christ Jesus had. Put it on. Empty ourselves. Become a servant. Humble ourselves. Become obedient. You know, this is what I really want to get at. You know, the title of the message is not he emptied himself. If you had a title, it would probably be get in the mess. Because what did he do? He came from a place that was all wrapped up with a bow on it, and he was sitting pretty. And he came down to a mess. You know, at Spring Fest yesterday, we were getting in the mess. That's why it felt good. That's why it felt good. We were getting in the mess. And turn over into uh, Romans. We'll uh, go to the uh, Romans chapter 5. Verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were helpless, 
verse 8, he demonstrates, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were helpless, we were sinners. That's when he died for us. Verse 10, for if while we were enemies, helpless, sinners, enemies, Christ died for us. See, we had a mess. Our life was in a mess. You know, some of us, we got some pieces of our life that's all wrapped up and pretty with a bow on it, but then there's other parts of it, it's still a mess. And I'm telling you right now that the same Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's still willing to get in your mess and clean it up. He's still willing to get in your mess and clean it up. And all it takes is humility that says, look, I got a mess. That's the first thing you need to get to the place. I got a mess. I joke about this because it's funny to me. Nobody hardly ever walks through that door and goes, hey, I'm here at Boomerang, and I'm a freaking mess. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. They all walk in. They're like smiling. They're like, hey, it's so nice to be here. Yes. And most of the time it comes with the resume. So I've been at this church and I've preached here and I'm a minister or I'm an elder and I'm this and I'm that. And, and the only thing that's going through my head is you're a freaking mess. That's why you're here. Including me. That's why we're here. We've still got areas that is a mess. The same Jesus, the same Jesus that would let go of equality with God and empty himself and get in our mess is the same Jesus that will get in that mess. Now you can carry your mess all you want to. For the rest of your life you can carry your mess, but one, you're going to not enjoy it. Two, you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to realize just how much that mess held you back from pleasing the Father. You're going to get up to heaven and you're going to really wish that you had emptied yourself and become a servant and humbled yourself and become obedient. You're going to really wish that. Because you're going to get in front of God. And, and look, you don't, you, you don't have the, the judgment throne of God that's going to, you know, if you're born again, you know, you're not going to be basically finding out if you're going to hell or not, if you're born again. But you are going to be in front of God and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? And it's at that point, the whole point of having that is not necessarily to talk about how much you didn't do. It's really to talk about how much you did do for him with what he gave you. And you're going to find out in, right in that moment, you're going to be like, I wish I had done more. Yeah. And I believe we're going to find out that right in that moment that the mess that we didn't empty ourselves of really held us back. And at that one, that moment, listen, the moment in eternity that you're going to want to have some good fruit, you're not going to have it because you didn't empty yourself. And he told us, have this attitude in you that's in Christ Jesus. 
He emptied himself. He became a servant. Well, well, you just don't know how you know, mean my wife treats me. You just don't know what my husband's done. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. You don't know how they've talked about me in public and they've told lies. I remember Jesus saying, look, if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you too. And I think his response here in Philippians was, he emptied himself. And you should do the same. There's a cost to your flesh. You've got to empty yourself and become a servant. Humble yourself and become obedient. And you've got to be willing to get into your mess first so that you can help get in some other people's messes. You know, go back in, in Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. We shall be saved. See, if we will just open up and, and not walk in the door saying, oh, I do this and I do this and I've ministered here and I've done that and I'm just here, I just, I just want to help. Man, somebody comes up and tells me they want to help. I'm like, well, it was nice knowing you because most of the time it means I won't be seeing you very much anymore. I said the one thing that the devil attacks them, they don't know what to do with because they haven't actually connected and communicated and they're gone. Happens all the time. Does it not? Yep. See? God's looking for people that will do the right things for long periods of time. And that means that we empty ourselves on a regular basis. And we first get in our mess. We humble ourselves to show our mess. To, we, we own it. And we judge ourselves so that judgment doesn't happen to us. We judge ourselves so that we're not judged. In other words, we say, look, I'm a mess. And Lord, I recognize that I'm a mess. I've still got stuff to work on. I need Jesus humbly. I come before you as a mess. Maybe I've got this part of my life. And maybe, you know, a lot of times the part of our life that we got cleaned up is the one people see. But there's that part that people don't see, and that's the part that's really sacking us. And that's the one where the only way it's going to get fixed is if you put on some humility and let Jesus do what Jesus does and get in your mess and get it cleaned up so that when we get in eternity and, and we say, He says, what have you done? And we take the crowns that we have won and we present them at the feet of Jesus. But it's going to take you opening up your mess and emptying yourself. And emptying yourself. But then guess what? You know, you may start to get some of your life cleaned up and you're sitting there, and you're so thankful that God has helped you. You remember where it says there was two guys praying, and one of them was saying, Thank you, God, that I'm not like this publican. Right? Thank you, God, that I'm not like them. Thank, in other words, what he was basically saying is, Thank you for blessing me. I'm, I can see that I'm more blessed than that person. 
And God's basically saying, what a hypocrite. I helped you and you're not willing to go over and help this guy. Instead, in public, you almost want to brag about, look at me, but you won't get in the mess yourself. We're preaching this morning. You feel that? Have this attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus. He got in the mess. He left his pretty white kingdom home at the right hand of the Father, equality with God. He didn't have a mess to clean up, but he got in the mess of other people, and he helped them. God will help you in your mess, that mess that you still got going on. If you'll just humble that to the Lord, he says you, you boldly come before the throne of grace. You boldly can come now to the throne of grace and you will find help in your time of need. It takes humility, though. You know, one of the things, how many people yesterday uh, were kind of disappointed with the number of people that came forward? I mean, they were touched and they were moved, but man, it takes a different set of guts to step forward and come. How many people are like, man, I wish more people would have done it? I'm pretty much like that every Sunday when I ask you to come up and empty yourself. It takes guts. That's humility. And I'm like that when I hear people, well, they just, they were talking bad about me. I'm like, empty yourself. Let, let's put on some humility and put on this, let's, let's take on the attitude that Christ has and empty yourself. Empty ourselves. Let's, let's put on humility and move into obedience because there's some messes out there. And you know what? You and me, we're the hands and the feet. And without attacking our own mess, we're going to have a hard time getting in the mess and helping them clean up of somebody else. But, so we've got to clean up, humble our own mess to the Jesus. Who will, What's he going to do when you humble that to him? Oh, man, he's going to clean it up. He's going to shine the light on it. All the spiritual darkness is going to run. It's going to happen. All it takes is humility and great grace will be given out. But we've got to allow ourselves to realize that it's time to get in the mess. Let Jesus get in your mess and you go get in the mess of somebody else. Do what it takes to get in their mess. Just uh, Titus chapter 3 verse 3 in the New Living let me just read this to you. Just, just You can read it up on the board, but just listen to it, okay? Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were... Uh, once, I, I, I think that was a really good church. I'm thinking like once and sometimes right now. More like all the time. We were foolish and disobedient. We were, we were misled... And we became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. See, this is just it. A lot of times we won't get in our mess so that we can get in other people's mess. 
Because we have no mercy on them. You know why? Because we're condemned over our own stuff. But if we'll receive forgiveness and we'll humble our mess to God, He'll clean that up. And then we'll be able, you see, you have not because you ask not. And then He says, freely you should give what you've been given. But a lot of people have not received forgiveness because they haven't opened up their mess. And so when it comes to somebody that's got a mess, they're not willing to give forgiveness because they don't have their own. And it all goes back to allowing Jesus to get in our mess so that we can get in the mess of other people. But we've got to open up ourselves and humble ourselves. You see, it's not about the righteous things we're done. It's all about His mercy. See, most people, they won't open up their mess because they don't know His mercy. They're like, if I open up my mess, I have that, we have that all the time with people. With, with people, it's constant. It's like people will not approach. Now, once they start to get to know you and they watch you over years, they'll realize your, repro- your approach is going to be love. We just had, had that again this week. Somebody was like, I'm, I'm scared to come and talk to you. I'm scared because they're, they're, you know, they're just beginning to learn us. And, and this is the thing. I, now we've had some of people over years that have found out, you know, you, different ones of you, you brought stuff to me and you're expecting me to go one way and be like, ah, you should, I can't believe you've done that. And what did you get? Love. Hey, it's going to be all right. The first step is you doing that. Well, that, I, if I do it well... If we do it well, it's only because we got a piece of what Jesus' mercy is. His is so much greater. But see, a lot of people don't know Jesus as that kind of merciful God, and they don't know they they almost never had an example in their life of somebody that wouldn't rip them a new one if they came across them. They haven't in other words, they haven't had an example of Christ. They haven't had a person that actually lived this out. And so they're like, I got a mess, but I can't tell anybody about it. And then they just, you know, they just are hopeless because they haven't seen the love of God. And then they take it and they start blaming people about all this. And really they're just frustrated with themselves. They're just frustrated with themselves. But if we would show them, look, I'm going to love on you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to give you that kind of mercy. What they would get is a picture of Christ. And then when it came time for them to open up themselves to Christ, they would just open up. It starts with our humility. (laughs) Let's pray for the nursery in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, okay, good. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, we declared, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy thing. I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial. Now I want you to see what he wanted to be taught. 
What he wanted to be taught is that everybody who's received the love, everybody who Jesus has gotten in their mess, that they should be devoted to doing good, given to it. It should be who they are, their character, their nature, that they're devoted to it. When, when you come up and say, hey, are you going to do good? It shouldn't be like, well, I, I don't know. You know, it shouldn't be like that. It should be, yes, I'm devoted to it. It's who I am. It's my character. It's my nature. Why? Because Jesus got in my mess, and what's doing good? I'm going to help get in other people's mess. I'm going to go and I'm going to do what it takes to get in their mess. And I'm going to help bring the light of Jesus in there so that just like he cleaned up my mess, he'll clean up their mess. I'm willing to, to get into the middle of that. Well, when I get in there, it might be messy. Duh! I know. And as Jesus cleans it up, it'll be awesome. We might run into somebody that doesn't like us. I know. That's what we're doing. Like they don't like us already. We're trying to like change that. Help a few of them. Well, it could be dangerous. Right. <laughs> Correct. That's the whole point. That's why we're going, to turn it from dangerous to not dangerous, to be the light, to bring hope. Well, it may cost me something. Your life. Yes. That's what a Christ-like person does. They give their life. It's not an option to get in somebody's mess. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay to get into somebody's mess? Yes. You're going to actually just allow God to harvest what he reaped, what he sowed. You're going to allow God to reap what he sowed in you. He got in your mess. Aren't you happy? Doesn't he deserve that you would be willing to be used by him in the same way? Go back to Philippians chapter 2. And just start at verse 1, and we'll read this in the New Living. Philippians 2, 1, New Living. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the Spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate? In other words, what he's saying is, did you receive something from Jesus and are you born again? Let me, let me give you permission to answer that. Did you receive something from Jesus and are you born again? Okay, he's talking to you. <laughs> then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together. What? <laughs> I, now I've got to work with other people. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Deal's off. That's it. No, no. That's, that's the way we feel. Now, that's why it's funny. Because everybody's like, oh, I don't want to work with anybody. I'll just go over here, and I'll work by myself, and I'll be happy. No, no, no. That's not getting in anybody's mess. That's right. You're here 
to get in the darkness and shine the light, to get in the mess and provide a solution to clean it up, named Jesus. That means you're going to have to work with people. Also, not only that, but he says in Galatians 3.8 that he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, through you all the nations will be blessed. In other words, the blessing is distributed and the blessing is dispersed through people. Without having people in your life, you are denying yourself of the blessing. Well, there may be a mess that goes along with people. I know. It's awesome. And if you don't think it's awesome, then I don't think you understand the plan. I can tell you there's times when I didn't understand the plan. And my life was cleaner. But it also carried a lot less reward. And even more than physical reward, it carried a lot less spiritual reward. And I wasn't doing very much that I was going to be happy about when I got in front of him. But it was cleaner. I had to decide, it's time to get in the mess. We have to decide. It's time to get in the mess. Then make me truly happy. If you're born again, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. But I disagree with them. I don't care. Love, loving one another, but they're not lovable. He didn't care. And working together with one mind and purpose. Do you know how hard that is today in this society? He didn't care. He doesn't care. In other words, he said it's doable. So give yourself to it by faith and quit making an excuse for it. Everybody is welcome to sit on their feet and not put them on the ground to be stomped on this morning, okay, just so you know. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Listen here. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. He emptied himself. Even though he was equal with God, Do you realize he was sitting up there as equal with God? Could he not have come down to earth? Think about this. Think about the message he could have preached if he preached it from a worldly perspective. Look, I came down here just to tell y'all that y'all are a freaking mess. I just came down here to tell you, you're a mess. I am so much better than y'all. I mean, really. Y'all need to get your stuff together. We've heard preaching like that. Some of you have heard it through this guy who wasn't living this, of which I went back and I had to apologize and repent for because I was preaching like that. Jesus could have preached like that. If anybody could have preached like that, It could have been Jesus. And you know, a lot of times we sit on here on Sunday morning, and although we we would never say it to anybody in public, we're thinking it. And even if we're not thinking it, we're living because our heart is shaped that way, and we're living that way. I just wish that they would clean up and not bring their mess into here. 
that that's exactly where we want the mess to be. We want the mess right here because it's in here that that mess will really get cleaned up. It's in here that we can really help to get the mess out of people. Don't you want to get the mess out of people? I mean, spiritually, we could beat spiritually, spiritually, we could beat the mess out of people. Haven't you always wanted to beat the mess out of people? Well, we can do that, but we need them to bring their mess. But guess what? It's messy. I know. I know. It takes a willingness to get into the mess, just like Jesus was willing to get into the mess. Not preach down, hey, we're in this together. We're in this humanity thing together. You got a mess now. I used to have a mess. Whoop-de-doo. Let's just get clean together. Amen. I still got some messes to get cleaned up. That's humility. That's being obedient. Oop, somebody's alarm. That sounds like it's over there. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have, you must have, you must have, you must have, verse 5, you must have, you must have this same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. He took his emptying of himself and his humility all the way to the cross. He took his emptying of himself all the way to death. He he paid with his belief in action with his life. And he said, you take on the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. But see, here's the thing. When you start emptying yourself, guess what? Your life changes. Well, if I do that, my life won't look the same. I won't, my schedule won't be the same. I know. I know. Isn't it worth it? Yeah. You have a vapor of time here on this earth and an eternity to be rewarded for it. There are eternal rewards that you are either qualifying right now or not based off of what you do. The problem is you're putting more emphasis on a you know, 70 to 120 year period of time than you are the billions in eternity. You're thinking this is more valuable. So you give more attention to things in your life that give you comfort than we do to getting in people's messes and opening ours up to God. It's kind of like this. If we would just you know, pay the price of being godly now, we could live in eternity the way he wants us to. It's worth it. He gave his life. And he said, I want you to do the same. 
It'll change your life. Might even change the money you make. Oh, no. It's true. It might even cost you something. But you know what? Actually, you start learning the things of God. You find out that even when you get to that place, you won't be able to keep his blessings away like the verses that we read. But a lot of times, logically, we're so focused on what's right in front of us that we overlook his promises here. And actually, there's blessings on the back end like you would not believe. They're huge. They're awesome. You should believe it. You should believe it. He gave us life. If you get in the mess of our community, you get in the mess of people's lives, we've got to give ourselves to that. It's going to cost you. It's going to change you. And your flesh is not going to like it. i just tell you that right now. I don't want you to be surprised by that. Your flesh is not going to like it. It's not. It's really not. I'm telling you the truth. Some of you have bumped up against it before and you felt the little temper tantrum it threw back to you. It was great. Just a little, you know, light bulb. That's your mess. <laughs> That's your mess. Light bulb. Boom. That's it. That's the mess that you need Jesus to get into. Right now, I just just close your eyes and you know the first thing we've got to commit to getting into the mess of the world and our community. The first step towards that is allowing God to get into ours. That means humbling ourselves, showing the mess. You know, this is one of the things in uh, Hebrews 12, 11. Just, just look back up here for a second. Put Hebrews 12, 11 up there. This is, this is one of the things that's very interesting. Put it in the New American Standard, please. All discipline for a moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. At what point... Is God who says, I will discipline you, correct you, and exhort you because I love you. At what point is God's love going to stop? Never. At what point, then, is he going to stop disciplining you? Never. So at what point is my flesh going to be sorry about some of the things that God's pointing out? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Some of us really know how much that's going to happen because we've been pressing up against it recently. Yet to those who have been trained by discipline, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You know, a lot of times, how many, you know, just being honest, how many of us did we bump up to a place in our flesh during the Spring Fest event or maybe just coming to church this morning? You bumped up to a place and your flesh was like, oh want to do that. I don't want to do this. I mean, how many of us bumped into an area there? Yeah. And the, and if let I'm a let's let me give you one more time. How many of us bumped into an area that our flesh 
because we're talking about humility. <laughs> it was me. That's, all right, some of y'all catch that. Uh, so we bumped into an area with our flesh. Look, if we're going to let God get in our mess, we've got to be humble. That means we've got to be willing to say, I got a mess. How many of us bumped into an area where I didn't want to go do that? I didn't want to give towards it. I don't, you're taking too much time. You're asking too much. How many of us bumped into an area? There we go. That's more like it. Now that you've admitted that hum- humbly, Jesus can enter it. And he can help you clean it up. And let me just tell you, that little place, every single one of us did. I did too. Every single one of us. That place, that's your mess. That's our mess. That's my mess. That Every time we run into that and our flesh goes, nah, I don't want to do that. That's our mess. And that's the place where we need to hit our knees and say, Jesus, get in my mess again. You've already paid for it. I receive right now. And I open up the doors by humility. Let your grace flood my mess and clean it up. Let grace flood my mess and burn it out. Let the fire of God cleanse it. But see, when we don't want to admit it, then what we do is we say, Jesus won't, he's at the door, knocking, boom, boom, boom. I want to clean up your mess, boom, boom, boom. See, all right, look, how many ladies, a maid comes to your house and says, no, dunk, dunk, I just want to come in and clean your house for free. Oh, boom! Have at it, right? Where is the red carpet? And yet so there's something much more important. There's something much more important. But it's attached to your flesh. Jesus is saying, I'll clean up all your mess. I'll come and clean your house. But see, the only difference is, in our physical house, see, here's what we do. Here, here's all the house. But the stuff I do bad, it's in this closet over here. Don't go in here. Because I like what happens in there, even though I know it's not God. And you can see who I am if you walk in that door. You can see who I am. So come in, clean all of it that everybody can see, but but don't go in there. Because that's my mess, I know it, and I like it. And that's pride. That's pride that God hates. Because here's the thing. If you'd let Jesus go in there and clean that mess, the rest of the house would look, feel, smell oh so different. Have you ever, you know, it's kind of like boiling water. You ever get to the place, you know, you boil at 210 degrees. 211 degrees, you heat water up to that place, no reaction. You hit that last little bit, that little percentage, smallest of percentages. At that point, it's less than a half of a percent, 
one half of a percent going one more degrees, less than that, and it takes it into a rumbling boil that will literally power engines. You know, trains used to run down the track simply from the power of that. The power of that, less than a half degree. Our house that the public sees a lot of times spiritually is so, is so good, but if we just give God all those little rooms that we don't want to open and we will humble ourselves, you'll find that when we let him clean out our mess, when we let him do that, which means we take him by the hand and let us lead us into obedience. All right, don't do that. But I want to do that, but don't do it. Okay. He'll empower us to clean up that mess. And all of a sudden, you will become a powerhouse of God that will start down the track and nothing will be able to stop you because you've allowed Jesus to clean your mess. And then we can get in the mess of others and help them do just that too. But so we've got to say, look, Jesus, come in and clean the house. He's at the door. He's knocking. I'm going to heaven, but he wants it all. He doesn't just want three quarters of the house. He wants the whole house. And he's knocking. I can clean up that mess for you. 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 You know what we eventually do is we eventually start saying, stop telling me you can clean up that mess. Stop telling me that. We get mad at the people that tell us that Jesus can clean up our mess. Instead of saying, come in, Jesus. I need you. I need you to clean up the mess. That's humility. So right now, just bow your heads. And where you're saying, and we're all saying, I need you to clean up the mess. It's all those points where the flesh, it's all those points where the flesh says, "Mm, I don't want to do that. I I don't want to give up that point. all those points where you know you should do something but you just don't feel like it. Your mess that Jesus wants to help you clean up so that you can help others clean up theirs.